Welcome to episode two of the VD Clinic. I'm your host, Vanessa, and with me as always, or at least for the second time, is David. Hello. And uh, thank you for returning, or thank you for joining us now for the first time. Um, today, we're going to be the, doing the excitement, cinematic and uh, novel, of uh, Whatever Happened to Baby Jane. Yep. <laughs> this is... We have way too much fun with this oh, yeah. already. <laughs> this has been just uh anybody who's who follows me on on Instagram has seen the the posts and the Twitter is just oh my god. So I I've been I'm more I've been more excited about this episode than I was for Showgirls. I was excited about Showgirls, but I'm excited about this one too. <laughs> um no, I uh I uh I was surprised when I had suggested the book. I was surprised you also wanted to do the movie, but it, it makes total sense. Right. Um, especially, I think since Feud was out not that long ago, mm-hmm. it's something that's kind of out there. And I've been since Feud. I've, I had actually rewatched Whatever Happened to Baby Jane, and then I started going onto this rabbit hole of hag exploitation movies. <laughs> um, <laughs> watched Joan Crawford's last one, Trog, which. God damn, she was drunk as all hell, and she only flubbed one line in it. It was amazing. Wow. Uh, but she's given it her all. It's, it's <laughs> so amazing. Um, yeah, and then I've, you know, rewatched Hush Hush Sweet Charlotte um, with Betty Davis, but, and just kept wishing, God damn, I wish Joan Crawford had been there for the, uh, for the actual film, mm-hmm. the final film. Because uh, they're... They play so well off of each other. Yes, they do. They they really do. Um, perfect casting, I suppose. Yes, absolutely. Now, yeah. how much of the series feud did you get to watch? I think I got through the first five episodes, I think. At okay. At least up to the release of Baby Jane. Okay. And then I haven't had a chance to watch the rest of it. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, it's. I was surprised that they went as far past that because initially, I think what was teased with Ryan Murphy, it seemed much more just about kind of their rivalry and work on that movie. Mm-hmm. But I suppose you really do have to carry it at least into the period of Hush Hush Sweet Charlotte, where have you? You haven't gotten that far. No, not yet. Okay. Yeah, where Bob Aldrich, Aldrich was wanted to was trying to revive the two of them together on screen and um and and actually the book um so okay uh whatever happened to baby jane was written by henry farrell Mm -hmm. and the book actually did come out um maybe about a year or something before the movie um but he had also done a short story which was whatever happened to cousin Charlotte. And that's what became hush, hush, sweet Charlotte. Right. Um, so it, it kind of, I think the vibe would have been, I don't know, fantastic 
with, uh, like I said, I mean, they, ha- they patch each other acting wise, but mm. just the material, it's, it doesn't feel quite rehash of whatever happened to baby Jane, but it's still that kind of batshit, crazy, over the top camp. Yeah. <laughs> Hagsploitation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, um, when, uh, I heard that on a, feud mm. stanley stanley tucci playing uh jack warner said that it's like okay, the, the hag exploitation craze i'm like yeah that is actually the best way to describe that whole period of and genre of movies where you have these classic actresses and they're having their i guess career resurgence mm-hmm. um in genre movies yeah, exactly. In uh with scripts that are less than uh in situations that are less than uh glamorous. Mm-hmm. Um I think that uh what was it? I heard someone call this like the comic grotesque. Uh which I guess it goes along with some of those southern gothic dramas like that Tennessee Williams put out. Yeah. <laughs> kind of because um, even though Baby Jane takes place in in L.A., Hollywood area, it still, to me, has a very Old South feel. I don't know why. Yeah. And maybe it is because I do have such a strong background with Tennessee Williams. Mm. Uh, since I grew up in the South and grew up in doing theater down South, there's a lot of Tennessee Williams. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Um, is there anything we need to cover? So, yeah, I was going to say, did we we kind of jumped right into things. I know, but... we did. Um, well, we, we kind of covered Feud, which I think was, was going to get brought up on its own at some point. So, um, Okay, so yeah, we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be right back to discuss whatever happened to Baby Jane. Faye Ray. <laughs> Janet Lee. Adrian King, Heather Langenkamp, Amy Steele, that weatherman who saw the cockroach, Jamie Lee Curtis, and you, come on, you know you wanna, let her rip. There. Now don't you feel better. You are now officially a Scream Queen. Come play with the rest of us at www.screamqueens.com. That's Queens with a Z. Or you could subscribe to us on iTunes. Either way, it's gonna be fucking fabulous. The Scream Queens Horror Podcast. It's where horror gets bent. And now, another episode of Quarantine Theatre.
Did you have a nice drive? What are you talking about? Nothing, dear. It's been so long since you were out of the house, I thought perhaps you'd gone for a drive or something. You know, I, I was thinking, it's been ever so long since we had a talk. You know, a, a real talk about the future and everything. Jane, I don't want you to be worried about the house. Even if I do have to sell it, we'll still be together. Blanche, you're not going to sell this house. Daddy bought this house, and he bought it for me. You don't think I remember that, do you? You're wrong, Jane. You've just forgotten. I bought this house for the two of us when I signed my first contract. You don't think I remember anything, do you? There's a whole lot of things I remember, and you never paid for this house. Baby Jane Hudson made the money to pay for this house. That's who. You don't know what you're saying. Blanche, you aren't ever going to sell this house, and you aren't ever going to leave it either. Jane, Jane, do you remember when I first came back after the accident? You promised you would never talk about it again. I know I did, but I'm still in this chair. After all those years, I'm still in this chair. Doesn't that give you some kind of responsibility? Jane, I'm just trying to explain to you how things really are. You wouldn't be able to do these awful things to me if I weren't still in this chair. But you are, Blanche. You are in that chair. And tell me, what are these awful things I'm supposed to be doing to you? Well, well I meant, I, you wouldn't have to work so hard. I, and I was thinking, maybe, maybe Elvira could come in more often. Maybe she could even live with us. We don't need Elvira. But you, you get so tired. There's... There's so much to do, and you're not well. Well, may maybe you're right. Maybe I should get a checkup or something. Oh, that'd be wonderful. Perhaps we can find you a really good doctor. Yeah, we can get a hold of that nice Dr. Shelby, couldn't we? Yeah, let's see. What's his number again? Under no circumstances tell my sister the contents of this note. Not me that needs a doctor, Blanche. probably have to sell the house. You aren't ever gonna sell this house. And you aren't ever gonna leave it. She's sick and she's not getting any better. You mean Jane? I think she seems much better lately. I was cleaning the cage. 
bird got up. You wouldn't be able to do these awful things to me if I weren't still in this chair. But you are, Blanche. You are in that chair. <laughs> Whatever happened to Baby Jane? This was, uh, synopsis is, a former child star torments her paraplegic sister in their decaying Hollywood mansion. And the movie stars Joan Crawford as Blanche Hudson, uh, Victor Buono as Edwin Flagg, uh, Wesley Addy as, uh, Marty McDonald, Julie Allard as Baby Jane Hudson in 1917, uh, Ann Barton as Cora Hudson, Betty Davis as Baby Jane Hudson, uh, Margie Bennett as Delia Flagg, uh, Bert Fried as Ben Golden, Annalie as Miss Bates, uh, Maddie Norman as Elvira Stitt, and Dave Will- Willock is Ray Hudson. So, I don't know, where do you want to begin? Um, uh, yeah, they- I know, right? You, I know you had seen this before, but when was the last time you saw it? Uh, and how old were you? I was maybe 10 when I saw this the first time. Um, had never had never heard of it didn't know who betty davis or joan crawford were really mm-hmm. um and a family friend had brought it over and i was watching it with them with my parents and uh the family friend and so it was it was my my mom's and him and them being being all campy and ridiculous as adults are because of course and i'm just like completely terrified by this fucking movie because i have no <laughs> idea what's going on um, and I'd wanted to see it again for years and I just hadn't been able to find a copy for whatever reason or, you know, would see it at the video store and be like, oh, I should watch that and just never got around to renting it. So when it was like, oh, well, it's, when you said let's do the book, I was like, great, perfect excuse to do a movie so I can see this fucking movie again. Um, and I sat down and watched it, uh, like last week and it's fucking great. Um, it's, I, I, I enjoy both the book and the movie for kind of different reasons. I mean, they're basically the same story obviously um but i think yeah with with a few minor differences yeah. i mean honestly it is pretty pretty it, faithful yeah it's fairly straightforward um there's a couple of characters that pop up in the book that don't pop up in the movie which is fine because they're not really that important to the to the story right um their 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 parts are filled by other random characters in the movie it's like the the guy who sees them out on the beach at the end yeah um or the uh, or in or in the opposite, they they added the the daughter to the for the next door neighbor in the movie. Yeah, which was like, man, why? Who's terrible? Holy shit! <laughs> that's Betty. Da- that's Betty Davis's daughter. I know she's so bad. Well, so I've seen this probably now like ten or eleven times, and I know which is crazy. And I just watched it for the last the like, the last time I watched it was actually Thursday night and it was hosted by drag queen Hedda Lettuce mm-hmm. um, so it was kind of commentary and everything which was priceless um, but 
beforehand, she was going through the crowd asking people like how many times they'd seen it. And there were people there who'd seen it like 20, 30 times. And they're like, why does this movie speak to you? And, and they were, we we're all, you know, people were making fun though of Betty Davis's daughter and how bad she was. And I realized that time seeing it, that there is so much of her time where her character is, uh, in an, in a, scene where you just don't actually see her so it's like she couldn't remember her lines (laughs) they're like okay we'll just shoot you from off camera we're gonna shoot your mom while you're saying that in the background right like (laughs) oh my god it seems like she's like noticeably bad like every time she opens her mouth just like wow what yeah whoa how are you this terrible i mean i know she was 16 at the time but still but yeah. still <laughs> like, oh wow really really bad um yeah i actually uh so yeah i was reading the book first uh i got that one i picked that up maybe two weeks ago three weeks ago i think it was around the time we decided to do this um and it was, it was really enjoyed it um it's kind of trashy which, you know, oh it's a perfect bee tree yeah. honestly it is a trashy bee tree yeah. it's totally how it comes across but it becomes something totally different when you see it on film. Yes. Yeah. Because in the book, the characters are very, very one-dimensional. Um, you're pretty much behind Blanche the entire book just because of because Jane is painted as a psychopath from, from Jump. Um, oh, yeah. She gets, a, she gets a little bit more sympathetic towards the end. Right. Um, like after she kills the, uh, the cleaning lady. Yeah, she does. And then when she thinks she kills Edwin... Um, she's still like I still feel I still felt bad for her. And then by the end, when it's revealed what actually happened, you're just like, oh fuck. Um, and then in the movie, I I felt like either you get more sympathy for Jane kind of off the bat because Blanche is kind of a bitch. <laughs> like she's just like from jump, she's just like, kind of a bitch throughout the movie, and it's wonderful. Well, it works because I feel they're more evenly matched. Yes, definitely. Um, and it wouldn't have worked, I think, if you didn't have, if you had different actresses. Yeah, absolutely. You needed two strong actresses who can play off of each other. And they play it with a certain love-hate relationship that mm-hmm. I think siblings in this kind of, you know, this kind of setting would actually have that kind of a love-hate relationship. Yeah, absolutely. Even when it's not as extreme as the book. Right. You know. (laughs) So, yeah, Joan Crawford, it's not that she's, you know, her Blanche is a complete bitch, Mm -hmm. but (laughs) there are times where you're like, yeah, you're kind of selfish, you know, sometimes. Yeah, she's she's not, she doesn't come across as, as purely innocent as she does in the book. Like, Right. And obviously, it's just like I said, because the book is kind of trashy and everyone's two-dimensional. Um, you know, but yeah, Joan Crawford's uh, per- portrayal of Blanche is very... You can definitely send, you definitely get the vibe that she's fr- as frustrated with this whole thing as, as Jane is. But she's also not really doing anything to, to help herself or the situation. Like, she's actively making it worse at times. Right. Um, <clears throat> and of course, Betty Davis is f- fucking amazing. Um, just across the board. The I honestly one of my favorite scenes with her is the when she calls the liquor store, <laughs> and they're like, "No, we're not filling your order." And she's like, "Well, why?" She's like, "Well, let me get Blanche on the phone." 
and she just perfectly mimics her, her sister's voice and it's just like holy shit like it's such a great just moment of, of acting to watch her in that moment it's like oh it's so good well that no that was joan crawford that was an adr oh okay well but you know what <clears throat> it took me years before i realized that yeah. because of how it's t- completely synced up mm-hmm. and betty davis's facial expressions sell it they sell it you think that oh okay you could see her moving into that voice yeah. it almost when you start thinking about it, it's like almost like joan crawford making fun of herself a little bit too mm. with, you know with, with the hi i've got my disneyland perfect professional voice yes you know that kind of like it's totally night and day from Blanche! <laughs> yeah, Jane, she's just... <laughs> Blanche! All right, Miss Movie Star! Yeah. <laughs> oh. And, yeah, and there's definitely oh. the... Oh, sorry. Um, Go ahead. I was going to say that while you're talking about Betty Davis just being so good, and part of that is... Well, she and Joan Crawford... And Victor Buono, mm-hmm. their facial expressions are amazing oh, yeah. in this movie. There are so many scenes where, and I think this is how, it, you know, you have good talent um, and why this trashy book gets fleshed out into a good film. Right. Is you have these actors who can, just with their facial expressions, make these characters more three-dimensional. And, I mean, Blanche... I mean, uh, sorry, and Jane, I just love from the very beginning her shuffling around the house with her slippers. Mm-hmm. Like you can just hear and see in every fiber of her like body language that I don't give a shit. Yeah. Fuck everything. You know, she's kind of, but her, but her posture totally immediately, her way she walks is completely different than when she lights up when Edwin is there, Right. you know, to audition, uh, it's, you know, it's little things like that, that, I mean, that just really, like I said, fleshes out the story. Mm-hmm. So it's not just schlock. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and the, the her performance, like, the, everyone's performances are, except for her daughter, because uh, her daughter's terrible. But everybody else's performances in this are just absolutely fantastic. And you, they all feel like real people, like... Oh, Ed, yeah. Edwin's mother's a little bit of a caricature. Like, I didn't expect, like, mm-hmm. it, for whatever reason, I didn't expect her to be English. So, like, when she pops up and she's like, I was like, oh, all right, that's an interesting choice. Um, And then, of course, Edwin has his slight English accent. And he's just... Yeah. He's so... He, he's, again, he comes across much more sympathetic in the movie than he does in the book. Like, in the book, he's just kind of right. an asshole. And this mm-hmm. one, he seems much more kind of affable and nice and kind of in a weird situation it's like yeah, yeah he's with his mother and he doesn't really like her but it's not it's not the seething hatred that comes through in the book right right um yeah it it, it becomes their whole relationship is so odd mm-hmm. and it kind of it's not as extreme as jane and blanche but right. there is the, they each each Edwin and Jane have their own trap and they have their own airs that they put on when they're dealing with each other. Right. You know, even like by having his mother call and say, Oh, it's my secretary, you right. know, 
Because he's too afraid to, to, to make the call himself. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> he's such a mama's boy. He is, yeah. That it's like, no, okay, I'm going to put it over this way. When really, you know, he's just scared shitless of yeah. doing anything. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, the, uh, was, I, was I going with that? Oh, yeah, the, the, Betty Davis brings a certain, like, there's an actually, she has it, there's a, a definite sadness to Jane that isn't really there in the book. Like, it, it's touched on a little bit in the book. Right here and there, but it's more like it's when Jane's like in her whatever the, the couple of times the book switches perspective and is going from Jane's perspective. It's usually she's drunk and kind of you know moody or you know mm-hmm. living in the past or something. Um, but it's he, he, uh, Betty Davis definitely brings much more of that sadness to the character um, and really sells that like star that never made it uh, quality to it that really really makes the whole thing work and then when the ending comes it really just seeing her just just basically seeing that she's she's falling apart as the movie progresses and it's getting worse and then by the end like she's just just on the like she's basically over the edge and then Blanche tells her what happened and it's like nope that's it just it's gone now any semblance of sanity she's out Jane is gone now. Jane is well. Adult Jane is. Yeah, adult Jane has left. The she building. goes. She goes right. She, whenever she's starts to sl- to slide into whatever her madness, mm. she reverts to a certain amount of childhood. Right. Like, you know, you like I said, you. She has her airs that she puts on with Edwin and everything. Well, she. Well, she walks around and everything like a child, mm-hmm. um, like like she is still at that child star. Yeah, you know, um, and maybe yeah, it's the the curse of any child star of okay, you're not going to have a normal childhood, so then you can't become and have you know have a fully realized adult career or at least a normal adulthood, right? Because you were so damaged as a child. Maybe it's partly that, but. She's got so much baggage with, right. the you know her um, with this with with Blanche and then of with course Blanche. her own failed film career and or right well yeah it's definitely it's very clear that her 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 vision of being successful in films was not what everybody else thought obviously right but it's very clear that the the uh, studio like no fuck this this is bad I and mean, then she does talk about like one movie she made that did well but didn't wasn't released or mm-hmm. something yeah um well and i always like that uh, in this where they're doing the flashback to 1935 or whatever that they show actual like joan crawford and betty davis movies right from their past you know i'm like and when in one of betty davis's not so great movies right i forget which one it is but it's still early on in her career when she was very much the blonde mm-hmm. And which by the point she made whatever happened to baby Jane, she wasn't, she was more redhead, but you know, when she was still trying to fit this image of what Hollywood really wanted her to be of, okay, blonde bombshell, although she was never considered quote unquote pretty enough, Mm -hmm. you know, where Joan Crawford was considered pretty, but they never considered her talented enough, you know, (laughs) (laughs) which is insane. yeah, <laughs> both sides of the, that's, that's completely insane for both of them. 
Right, but to show what kind of standards they were of Hollywood they were having to put up with. Right. I mean, and you can say an actress, you know, going through all of that and that strain. If you look at Blanche here, you know, she had she this whole accident thing, which mm-hmm. I don't know. Should we spoil how? <laughs> uh, we might as well. I mean, uh, it's only fifty plus years old, yeah. but I've the seen... fact that she <clears throat> willingly crippled herself, right? You know, and, it wasn't... and we don't realize like you don't know that. Like I had forgotten that completely until I watched Feud, and yeah. it got brought up. I was like, oh shit, that's right. And because yeah. like, as I was reading the book, it's like they never. There's a couple times when she's like, oh, I need to tell you about the, or she tries to bring it up, but there's never, it doesn't really hint at it. And then at the very end is when she finally reveals what actually happened. Right. Um, and it's just like, oh, shit. Um, and I think, it, uh, I think text wise, I think the, the version in the book felt more, felt really like satisfact. that was really satisfying. Um, mm-hmm. just as in text wise, but then I think the, the, the movie version, which was a little bit shorter and cut out a couple of lines here and there, um, worked really well. It worked fantastic as well. Yeah. I, um, I, but I, 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 as much as I love this movie, the, I, uh, my only complaint is that it's a little too long. Yeah. Yeah. It, um, does, it does drag a little bit. I, I noticed that when I was in the theater the other night, I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, I know I saw it not that long ago because I had rewatched it um, when Feud was on. Mm-hmm. And and then I'm but seeing it in the actual theater. You're like, yeah, I'm sitting here for over a two hour movie. Yeah. Um, which it's what? 214 or something? Something like that. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it probably could have handled, you know, 10 to 15 minutes but how much i don't know how much story would that actually cut out yeah that's true you know what i mean it's because you have her you know the you're seeing much more um much more of jane out and about i feel yeah there is you know interacting with the real world and but i think you need to see see a little bit of that at least yeah well i mean we get that in the book too um which i mean it's it's funny because the the end of the book and the end of the movie there's they they completely cut out the whole edwin's almost death from the movie entirely yeah and it's still like as i was like reading through the book i was like shit i'm like i I think i'm near the end but like what is all this and then it's like it finally gets back to the beach i'm like okay and wait wait we're still going why is this taking so long? And then like with the movie, it's yeah. just like, Oh, this is, it moves along fairly well. Um, yeah, <clears throat> it does. Yeah. I, I do agree. It drags a little bit towards the end, but I think that's just because they do. Sp- I think they were maybe padding for time a little bit here and there with some of the, uh, some of the exterior shots and things just, you know, establishing, you know, like Jane going out and driving. Like we don't really need all those scenes of her driving. Yeah, and like right. you know, you I mean, it makes sense. Like, okay, you see Jane dragging Elvira's body mm-hmm. out on the, you know, to get to dispose of the body. That one trip. Well, then near the end, where she's taking Blanche out, I don't think you necessarily need to see her taking that time to go down those same stairs. I mean, like, because you can't see that it's 
you know, if it's really Joan Crawford or not. Right. It could have been the same exact footage as when she was taking the Elvira body out. Right. But it's something it's something small that could be taken out. Yeah. And we in the picture wouldn't wouldn't hurt. No, you know. No. To, uh, you know. <clears throat> Yeah, I think there was a like that one like tor- yeah, I think towards the end when they're like they're leaving again, they probably could have cut some of that out. Um And like the beach scene seemed like it went on a while. It does, a little bit. Yeah. But not the not as long as the book cuz Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> it takes fucking forever in the book. It's like, "Okay, we got it. Can we she's dying. Yes. On with it." To finish this fucking thing, um, but yeah, I think the like the 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 I was a little I was a little surprised because the um, I forgot that the movie just they used it, it and the the book the the house is set on a hill, which I, I really like that kind of little touch that it's this you know this weird house up on this hill and right you know it has kind of that to that kind of gothic uh, horror aspect of it. And then the movie, it's just, you know, some house on the street. It's like, uh, okay, fine. Yeah, yeah. It's a little disappointing, but fine. Um, well, their budget was actually oh, a little limited. Yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, but, but considering, like, they did a fan... I mean, the movie basically takes place in, like, one set, essentially. It's just most of it takes place right. within the house. Right. Um, and they did, they did a hell of a job with that. Um and it could have very easily been boring too. Yeah. To have one set. I mean, if you, in one thing that I will say, they had some great people tech-wise on this because look at the set dressing in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and maybe this is because I'm like theater geek and I. But every little thing in the rooms of like the Jane's room, like the rehearsal room, yeah. there are all these little things that say so much about the characters, and they. You know, they each there's something distinct there to in pieces of the plot. Yeah. Uh, you know, like Jane's room. Okay, she's got stuff thrown about. Could have just been clothes. Okay. Well, no, she's got her chocolates there. Right. She's got, you know, that whole thing. All the me- uh, like all the memorabilia that's around and all the memor and then the memorabilia. Yeah. Yeah. The creepy creepy and- doll. Oh my. <laughs> Yeah, and it's so weird the way the Edwin character's like playing with it at the end where he's like drunk. Yeah. It's just like that is the weirdest looking thing. Cuz it's like Cause it's, like it just like it, it's it's super creepy in and of itself cuz it's just this fucking doll. And it's just like and he's just so and he's drunk cuz so I was like he's just, yeah. like, just handed this in, in this fucking thing. It's like, "Okay, well, what are you going to do with this fucking gigantic like like life-sized child doll that's just been handed to you?" But like, yeah, right. and that, but, and then also to look at it compared to Victor Buono, who is huge. Yes. You know what I mean? Like the scale is just so, it's so strange. Yeah. It really, you know? it's very, it's kind of unsettling in a, in a very sort of odd way. That's what Annabelle should have been. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the baby chain doll. Right. <laughs> Thing is horrifying. Start singing. I've written the letter to Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> you freaky. Right? That'd be the scariest <laughs> shit. <laughs> uh, I do, and I really, I did really like the the early the the little kid stuff with um, Blanche and Jane was was a nice kind of introduction to those characters. 
Um, and the and the, <clears throat> the, the those two actresses, those girls, mm-hmm. they really actually did look. I thought so much yeah. like what I would imagine a young Joan Crawford and Betty Davis to look. Yeah, like you believed it. Yeah, absolutely. And then also like <clears throat> it was also with the sort of setup that giving us the the early indication that Blanche was kind of aware of the the shittiness of the situation from jump and right. kind of the resentment that was already starting to build. Um, which again in the book wasn't there. It was just, you know, it, when that scene happens, mm-hmm. um, you know, her mom is just like, Oh, you know, you're going to be, you know, to, you have to understand what Jane's doing for you. And she's like, I think I do. She's like, well, I hope you do eventually, you know, where this one's like, it's very clear. She's just like, no, fuck this. This is bullshit. I'll have my revenge. <laughs> and then she does. And she does, man. Although she ends up dying on a beach, so I don't think that ended up working out so great for her, but, you know. Well, but does she necessarily... She could have been revived in time, perhaps. Maybe. Maybe. That was a whole no, lot of I, I, under, I agree with you. Or watching Jane dance. She's watching crazy Jane dance. Yeah. But the police have at least gone to her. Um, no, either either way, <laughs> she comes close to it, even yeah. if she doesn't die. Still, that's a pretty shitty way to... And her her one friend Elvira, yep. you know, while an employee, still really her only friend because Jane, can you call her a friend? I don't see it at that point. Like, yeah, at that point, like Jane has just stopped giving a shit about pretty much everyone. Yeah, and I don't, I don't remember if I think I and I'm I think because I just finished the book more recently than the movie. Um, I don't remember if they have if she has the conversation about them being friends in the movie at the end or not because in the, in the end of the book she's just you know jane is yeah as jane's losing it she's just like oh you know we can be friends now yeah she's like we you mean all this time we could have been friends right that's what it was which is just yeah. oh god it's so sad it's so heartbreaking like you I, like i said i feel like i felt bad for jane through the movie anyway but at the end it's just like oh my god you poor woman like you feel so terrible for her because she's her sister has literally driven her fucking insane yeah, this exactly. Her. And then at that point, you, you know, you're also like, you kind of, you feel sorry for Blanche because she's sitting there dying on the beach. But in a way, it's kind of like, it's a little bit of karma, bitch. Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry, but. It's like, you kind of brought this on yourself. Yeah, a little bit. Um, <laughs> like if you hadn't been Even so though horrible. I'm probably on Team Joan, but, you know. <laughs> I probably am. But. It's Jane easily could have been a character where you felt no, you felt no sympathy for her right. at all the entire time, except maybe like the very, very end. Yeah. <clears throat> but you're right. You have these moments peppered throughout where it's like, no, she's, you know, she's not getting the best. She hasn't gotten the best luck or at different times or, mm-hmm. you know, she's, trying to is she trying to delude herself completely you know every day and thinking she might still have a career or you know has she just resigned herself that her own her only existence should be taking care of her sister right and then of course it's like she's you know spends her days in an alcoholic haze so it's sort of like it's even like and it it doesn't come through as much in the movie at the end. Like in the book, there's mm-hmm. definitely that the the bit where like Jane is like after she's killed Elvira, she like 
cleans up her act and is like really trying to take care of Jane and like right trying to fix things and that kind of comes through a little bit in the movie but that by that point at the end of the movie it's already kind of speeding toward this conclusion and you know the um Edwin finds Blanche and flips the fuck out and right runs off and <clears throat> thus we begin the towards the end of the movie where we get to the beach scene which is so haunting like it's just it's oh yeah so creepy just watching her out there with that group of people like around her and like it like that's that's really like that's the point where she's like yep she's completely the whoever adult jane was is gone now and yeah. the little girl has taken back over <clears throat> yeah because it's the only time in her life where things it's the only what's her happy place right. but it's also the only time in her life where things made sense exactly which again is it's super sad like yeah the, the, like both i mean both characters are have are sad in their own ways like jane's obviously a tragic character because you know she had this you know she was the child star who didn't really have the talent when it came to it in the end and then of course you know her life was ruined because she thought she'd ki- you know, nearly killed her sister and then of course blanche you know is you know her tragedy is that she got her revenge but it, you know at the cost of you know her livelihood and you know the rest of her existence you know being trapped in a fucking house with her you know slowly going crazy sister that she's done done that herself trapped in a house on the second floor yeah like this. Like, how and it's so funny. That? that's the part that gets me so much is like we could have avoided so much of this if we just had it on, had her on the first floor right <laughs> if you just if you hadn't been upstairs you could have just you wouldn't have to deal with all this crazy shit which that's a way that you can see that how Jane has this element of control where she's like, no, I'm just going to have her up here mm-hmm. to begin with, you know, make it even worse. Yeah. Whereas she could have easily made a, a bedroom for Jane down. I mean, for Blanche downstairs. Right. No, she's already got this controlling thing going on at this point in their life where, you know, also it's like, no, I can, I don't have to go upstairs and deal with her if I don't want to. Right. You know, so she can just hang out in the rehearsal room and, you know. Right, which I love. The uh, the footlights yeah. was just the best touch. Yeah. I thought that was so awesome because it, it just points out the crazy, but it's also the lighting effect that it mm-hmm. creates is so great. So great. Yeah, really all of the scenes that take place in the, 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 the practice room are really good. Like we get her big, uh, her big number of doing, you know, I, I've written a letter to daddy, which is really creepy and and kind of sad and then like she has like a couple of freak out or she has like her final freak out in there i think yeah um when she kind of like looks herself in the mirror and like the illusion is lost and she realizes like no this is all kind of it's all coming down yeah Um, and it's really sad like it's like genuinely sad um because like betty davis looks insane in this movie like the baby jane makeup is very creepy in and of itself but it's also It amped also, up to 11. Yeah. But it also really, it, it works to kind of bring the character together. Um, you know, and to loop back to Feud for a second, the mm-hmm. sort of when they're like, oh, we don't, you know, they were talking, the episode where they're, before they start shooting, they haven't figured out what her, her outfit's going to be yet. And the first time she walks out in it and like, it, Joan Crawford just flips the fuck out about it, which was wonderful. Yeah. Oh, I know. Brilliant. Um, one thing that you did get wrong with mm. that wig that she wears in mm. there as Jane, it had actually been 
a wig that Joan Crawford wore in another movie. Right. But Betty Davis didn't know that. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it was not like the... she, she was just like, oh, Joan wore this in one of her movies. I'll wear it now. It'll right. piss her off. No, she didn't do that. It just was, you know, somebody there knew it was. Right. But it wasn't Betty Davis. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then, like, yeah. the, I think in the, in Feud, the, the director wrote the script, and that's, no, the, the, the author of the book wrote the script for the movie. Um, if not I remember correctly. for this one. No, no, no. No, it was a, a different screenwriter. Was it? Yeah. yeah sure. Um I know, I looked it up. I looked it up, damn <laughs> it. No. <laughs> I, I I actually did because the screenwriter of this, he and um the director Bob Alrick, uh, Robert Alrick had a worked in they worked on a lot of different things together. But when they did Hush Hush Sweet Charlotte, like I said it was the same author Henry Farrell. Mm-hmm. That time he worked on the screenplay. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He oh, worked Oh, yeah, with, Lucas he, Heller. It, yeah, he wrote yeah. the screenplay. Okay, right. He worked. He worked on that one with Lucas Heller. Okay. This time it was just Heller. Yeah. Wait. So there's apparently a whatever happened to baby. Hang on. Yeah. So there's <laughs> there's a whatever happened to baby Jane TV movie from 1991. I was going to mention this with Vanessa sorry, Vanessa Redgrave and Lynn Redgrave. Oh my god. Yep. Yep. I've never seen this. I don't. You haven't. I, well, I I figured you probably hadn't <laughs> i didn't know this was a thing yeah um it's Ooh. it's okay um i really like vanessa redgrave as an actress mm-hmm. and lynn redgrave i like her in certain roles right but she is not as strong of an actress as vanessa is okay and that's that's the one thing that's hard about that. I mean, sure, they had their own sibling kind of chemistry right. that does add to it. But I think Vanessa Redgrave needed an equally strong actress for it to make it, you know, to make it really work. Yeah. <clears throat> um, you know, it, it was it was enjoyable. I might watch it another time at, at some point in my life. But I've seen it once and I don't feel necessarily I have to see it again. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean... Like looking, just looking at the cast, I was like, "All right, that sounds kind of interesting." But at the same time, it's like, because uh, I, I kind of feel the same way. It's like Lynn Redgrave is fine, but it's like, uh, she's okay. I'm like, uh. but yeah, like if, it's like if you're gonna do this story, you need two really, really good actresses who can work together and really bounce off each other. Um, because so much of it is <clears throat> actual emoting. Is yeah. there is a certain amount. In the script, like in the, I mean, the dialogue. Yeah. That there's, it's sparse dialogue sometimes. Yeah. Which, but... I, you know, a lot of it directly, like, out of the book. Yeah. But it's, to make these characters that three-dimensional, you need to have really strong actresses. Mm-hmm. Um, just in their physicality, too. Right, right. Yeah, because there's yeah. a lot of... The like I mean even when when I was reading over the the dialogue for the bit we did, yeah, like the it really <laughs> help us. I know it 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 really it, the way I I heard it in my head versus the way it was in the movie. Like I envisioned it kind of differently as I was reading it the first time. You know, because right. it's like you re- as you read the dialogue, you're like okay, but then like you, you it's like you know the scene and you know you it's like I've seen Betty Davis and Joan going Joan Crawford do this. But it's like as I'm thinking, as I'm reading through, it's like, oh, like there's actually like there's a lot there's a lot in the dialogue that's just how it's structured, 
and the way that these two characters seem to be talking across each other that's really interesting and it's like you can go right there's a lot of there's a lot of opportunities for where you can take the 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 delivery of those lines <clears throat> right right and some of it depends on the action you put with it mm-hmm. absolutely yeah. which is hard to get across in audio of course <laughs> <laughs> Lord help plus me. neither one of us has won an academy award no not yet god not, damn it not yet <laughs> Ugh. I'm, I'm, so, I'm actually I was looking at I looked at the uh, this is what the Baby Jane won an Oscar for costume design yes and they both both uh, Davis and Crawford have been nominated for best actress but neither of them won it somebody else did which I was like that's a goddamn travesty no, no not for this yeah I think they were both nominated but, no for this. Betty, Betty that's this okay here is the big thing that set the feud to uh, the whole other okay. level. <clears throat> so Betty Davis was nominated for best actress. Okay. Joan Crawford was not nominated for anything. Oh, she, in my opinion, she should have been submitted and nominated for best supporting actress. Okay. Yeah. And she would, in my opinion, she, well, she might've won it. That was a tough year for the Oscars. So, because that was the year the miracle worker came out. Oh yeah. Okay. That makes so sense. she would have been up against Patty Duke for miracle worker. And Patty Duke won that one. So for the best actress race, because Joan Crawford was so pissed off. (laughs) She's such a fucking cunt. (laughs) I mean, um, which I have a comment about that in a minute. Um, She offered for any of the other actresses, if they won against Betty Davis, if you're not there that night, I'll go and claim your Oscar for you. (laughs) So... Wow. Dun, dun, dun. So Anne Bancroft wins Best Actress for The Miracle Worker, mm-hmm. <laughs> and Joan Crawford goes up and accepts the award. Wow! <laughs> wow! Oh, I'm like, whoa! That just oh, That's... that that I think was what put their relationship on a whole other level. Oh yeah! Holy shit! Um, God, okay, that makes that makes Betty Davis's comment right. later on like way more sense, right? Um, well, there's some other things, but really that one, yeah, that one. But uh, yeah, that so it really I think it was Joan Crawford's vanity, maybe, mm. of why because she was didn't want to be submitted as best supporting actress, right? Um, she should have, and like I said, I mean, she might not have won because. You know, the, that was the year of the miracle worker, right. but maybe, maybe, because um, you know she she actually is understated yeah. in this for Joan Crawford. Yes, um, I mean, granted, Joan Crawford roles after this went way over the top. Yeah. I mean, when you're talking like straight jacket, oh yeah, like, stuff like that. But um, <clears throat> so my comment that. I, I was saying about the word cunt. I <laughs> I hadn't realized this until I watched the movie Thursday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is that when um, Betty, oh. one of the times that Jane dismisses Elvira, yes. she says, okay, see you next Tuesday. Yes. I didn't get the fact. And Elvira walks back and looks at her with this look of, what the fuck do you mean by that? And then she has this, re- this look like, 
are you kidding? Like, she just got the joke. Yeah. I remember, <laughs> I'm as, like, I was, I was, as like, I was watching I, it, I was like, wait. She's like, oh, I'll see, see you next Tuesday. I'm like, they didn't just slip that. J- they did just slip that joke in there. All right. God damn. Cracks me up that I didn't realize it until this time. Um, but it's, it's like there's that moment. And then there's another moment where Betty Davis is clearly mouthing the word bitch. Mm-hmm. Talking about like Blanche, whatever. And, um, but you hear the buzzer buzz out, the, yes. like, leave it out. So I'm like, oh, I love that. I love those little touches in there where I'm like, nice. Yeah, I think that <laughs> you, I, the censors wouldn't, you wouldn't have got that through the censors yeah. probably. I think that was the scene where she's in the, the, she's in the practice room and she's screaming at Blanche from down there, which is fucking wonderful. Um, and that fucking buzzer. Goddamn. Blanche on that buzzer. Like that's the. There are a few times that I'm like, oh my god, if I had someone doing all that, you know, buzzing like that all the time, mm-hmm. that would try my patience. Right. <laughs> and, like, and even someone who's not, who's as someone who is not that deranged. Right. You know, <laughs> I I might. Yeah, I yeah. might. Snap. I can kind of see why she's so pissed all the time because it's like I can get Jane, it. Who is the door? Who's on the phone? It's like, bitch, you don't need to know all that. Stop with that or buzzer. I can tell you t- later. It's not urgent. Right. You hear the fire, you know, fire ambulance. I mean, like, they're not here. So <laughs> it's not an emergency. Chill. Yeah, I know, right? So, yeah, that's the, like I said, that was the point where it's one of those moments where you're just like, God damn. Like, okay, like Jane's clearly not all there. But Blanche, you're being kind of a bitch. Like, you need to calm yeah. the shit down with this, the buzzer. You stop. The buzzer. Stop with the buzzer. And that is actually, I think, another thing that you don't necessarily get with the book that you get with the movie is that, no, Blanche is not a sweet, you know, sweet baby angel. No, no, (laughs) she's really not. (laughs) She is not. You know, she has moments where, yeah, she's the pain in the ass. Yeah, absolutely. And it becomes like, okay, so who's the one really torturing whom? Yeah, and that definitely comes across way more in the movie than in the book. Because like I said in the book, it's very, it's very, it's very trashy. But it's kind of, it's kind of classy trashy in a weird way. Oh yeah, yeah, it is. Like it's, it's very obvious that the author's like, yeah, I'm writing a trashy novel, but I'm gonna make it, make a go of it, and try and make it this thing decent. Although the, god damn it, their par, a paragraph where Blanche is having a conniption fit about the word kill. Oh my god, <laughs> that was I, that was legit. Like I laughed so hard when I was reading that because I'm like, <laughs> okay, this is this is so trashy can you please move? oh no no well we have a couple more of these where we had to uh have blanche flipping out about this word huh all right that's fine and it oh okay we're done now great <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it was like it's super readable like that was the thing that like really i really loved about it was like it's super it's it's a quick read um, it's what 205 pages something like that maybe not even yeah. quite 200 um and it's a quick, like I said, it's like it's super tense, and it gets just it flies by. It drags a couple times here and there, um, especially towards the end when it's like, yeah, you know what's gonna happen. And it's just sort of like we're bouncing between these different characters, and what are they doing? It's like I don't, I don't care what those other characters are doing. Right. I want to know what's happening to these two. <laughs> um, I also love that like the just the the the, fun, the the scene where the the guy is gonna like him and his wife are gonna move the car was really funny to me. 
They're just like, mm-hmm. he's just been bitching them. He's like, oh, those two older girls, like, I'll just park wherever the hell they want. All right, fine. Let's go move that. Like, they're just going to move this car. It's like, this is <laughs> the 1960s. You're just going to move this car. Like, okay, you're just going to move somebody else's car. Right. And then, then I also love the, the at the beginning of the movie when, or after we go through the the introduction of them as children, it goes to, it picks up in modern day and it just says, yesterday. I, I know. I love that. And I'm like, you know what? I like to I like to believe this did happen yesterday in some weird, weird. little pocket where it's 1960s yep. Los Angeles. Yeah, I know. Ugh, so good. So good. Oh, man. All right, so I don't know if we have anything else to... Do we have anything else we can say about this movie? Well, I mean, there... It, it really... It like like I was saying, it, mm-hmm. it's got so many great technical things. Right. <clears throat> I mean, the some of the photography shots are yeah. fantastic. Um, yeah, the costumes. Oh my god, Blanche's costume. I mean, not Blanche's costume. Jane's costume. Oh, oh yeah. my god. <laughs> Jane's costumes. Wow. Yeah. Just every single time she's going somewhere, even she's to old, another yeah. room. She's got some different accoutrement to mm-hmm. add to her look. You know, even if she's just staying around the house. Um, it says all, it speaks all kinds of crazy volumes about this character. Yeah. And her beret with the hideous jeweled thing on it. Yeah. Just, it's it's and that, so gaudy. In that weird sagging flower brooch yeah. she's got on, that she keeps putting on multiple outfits. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do like the, you know, Blanche's Blanche's costumes are much more like reserved. Right. Although kinda of seem seems a little bit impractical considering she's in a wheelchair. Uh, she's always yeah. dressed in like a nice like outfit. I'm like, the fuck are you doing? Well, but okay, think about it. She would be vain too because right. she was a movie star. Oh, so yeah. she would have a certain amount, but they're still pretty streamlined classic styles because it's stuff mm-hmm. probably that's been in her closet for years, right. you know. But yeah, they're not the most practical thing for someone who is con- confined to a wheelchair. Right. And then, of except course, when they shimmy themselves down the stairs. Yes. <laughs> oh my god! Which that was Joan Crawford doing all her own stunts. Nice. There, right? That's yeah. a, that's a really that's that that's a, that that looked like it was gonna like watching her do that is really kind of uncomfortable <laughs> she worked with a paraplegic to ah. learn like some of yeah okay yeah to she definitely sells it oh yeah she totally sells it yeah like that's like, that's that's the other thing like that like you you both of these act both these women you completely buy into them as these characters like they are absolutely totally they there there is no i know i never felt like i was watching you know an act like watching no, like, watching feud you, I felt yeah. like there were there were there were moments when it was like oh Susan Sarandon is definitely like I'm watching her it, it felt like I was watching it didn't feel like I was watching Susan Sarandon playing Betty Davis it was just okay I'm with this character whereas with Jessica Lange there were times I'm like okay Jessica Lange you dial it back a little bit because you're Jessica Lange it up yeah dial it back a little bit whereas with this it's like Joan Crawford has her Joan Crawfordy moments here and there mm-hmm. but it's not too distracting she's like you said she's very reserved um and then Beta davis of course is going all in all the time but it works 
because it completely it completely makes sense for Jane to be as just out there batshit as she is. Yeah, I think that they sell it more as you see these as people, not just characters. Yes, yeah, they definitely feel like people. Yeah, that like I said, that goes back to just even the small, you know, just basic things of body movement, mm-hmm. you know, that really sell everything with the character. Mm-hmm. The way, yeah. the, the facial expressions especially, like you, like you pointed out, like the there are moments when Jane can go from when you can see her, the, you can see the wheels turning in her head as she's, you know, she's got the, the big smile on her face and, you know, but at, at a, a second later, you know, someone turns a corner and then like, you know, she's back to sneering. It's just like, oh, I think there's, I think yeah. there's a scene like that with her and Elvira where Elvira wanders off and she just, you know, sneers at yeah. her and it's just like, oh, I did like the, her death scene. I, I really liked the, it was a, it was a nice it was definitely there was definitely then that really nice kind of uh, slow build of like the hand reaching out for the hammer and everything. I love that about old horror right. in general. Um, right. It's like if her hand had been if it had been a leather glove, it would have been a jello. <laughs> well, and yeah, and with the lighting, that I could completely see that. Yeah. Yeah. That would work completely. Yeah. Oh man, so good. I know it really. It's you know it's not my. It's not necessarily one of my favorites of all time, right. um, but I really enjoy it, yeah. and I'm ne- I'm always entertained yeah. watching it. You know, there's rewatchability. Like I said, I re I saw it when Feud came out, mm-hmm. but then you know, and I know I re rewatched it kind of for the, the show, but I was kind of ready to watch it again, even just after reading the book. And there, I mean, there's. Even if we again, even if we just covered the book, mm-hmm. I probably would have rewatched the movie because it the story, it is compelling in some it really way. Is. Um, <clears throat> and the book is a nice, you know, like I said, it's a nice beach read. Yeah. <laughs> um, I do actually at some point because um, the version I have has the three other short stories by Henry Farrell, including whatever happened to Cousin Charlotte. Yeah, so I think my at copy some point, has that does have that short story. I don't know if it has anything else in it. Yeah, at some point I'll I think I'll read that too. Um but yeah, this this is this story is is pretty good and then you got you've got these amazing actresses. Mm-hmm. Act like again, Victor Buono's facial expressions too when he's like looking at all the memorabilia in this rehearsal room yeah. <laughs> like just, the, just like the, the the bemusement and the kind of the horrified sense, the at the same time, yeah. which <laughs> and I, also sorry. yeah, <clears throat> he just doesn't know whether he should be yeah exactly horrified or he should just laugh hysterically because it's kind of like are you kidding right. really yeah yeah he he really brings a lot to Edwin um, because like, like I said the book the Edwin in the book is much more he's much more angry and he's much more focused on kind of just any opportunity to get away from his mother. Um, and the, he, there's no, there doesn't seem to be as much of a friendship between them in the book as there is in the movie. Like the friendship feel, feels a little bit more, more natural and more honest in the movie. And in the book, it's much more Edwin is clearly doing this to get what he wants out of it. Right. But he's kind of also too chicken shit to actually stand up and, you know, demand what he wants from her. 
<clears throat> right. Right. Which leads to him falling over a wall. <laughs> which is pretty great. Yeah. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, I don't think he died, which, yeah. Yeah. So. I don't think so. <clears throat> All right. So, uh, I think we would both recommend the book, obviously. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, we obviously recommend the movie too. Uh, do we? I think that goes without saying. Yeah. <laughs> do we? Do we? Do we figure out? Do we come up with a grading system or not? I don't remember. We haven't. Okay. Uh, do you want to decide one now or? <laughs> uh, not really. Uh, okay. For the moment, just we recommend we we recommend both. Um, the book is like five ten bucks on uh, Kindle, I think, something like that. It's fairly cheap. <clears throat> well, and I found my hard copy of it um, at Barnes and Noble in oh, the bargain nice. bin. Oh, sweet. In bargain- yeah, in the bargain bin, it was maybe yeah maybe five six bucks. Okay, yeah, that's not bad. And then uh, the movie. The movie's a little tough to get a hold of at the moment. Um, Amazon was out of stock on it for the Blu-ray, unfortunately, when I tried to buy it. Um, I didn't want to wait. I think it was, wasn't was going to be coming into stock until like next month or something stupid like that. And I was like, fuck that. Um, but which it is, it is which on... I highly recommend yes. getting the 50th anniversary Blu-ray of it because it is fucking exquisite. Yes, that's like the just with the black and white just the and the lighting. Mm. Ugh. It's so nice. Yeah, the, it's so the, nice. The streaming copy Amazon has is uh, pretty good quality. It looks looked really good for mm-hmm. streaming. Um, I do. I would like to get it on Blu-ray though because I do prefer uh, watching. And there's it. some good. And there's <clears> some good <throat> extras on there too. Yeah, that's what I wanted to see because I know you said there was a there were some commentaries on there that sounded really good. Yeah. So the uh, the uh, there's a commentary that's between the drag queens uh, <laughs> Charles Charles Bush and Lipsinka. And it's it's not as like campy as whatever it could have been. Okay. Um, but it was a lot of it was information that became available when we saw Feud. Oh. Okay. Um, but there's a lot of really interesting old Hollywood type stuff, oh, okay. and and, it, and you can totally geek out on that. Yeah. And it's really kind of fascinating from some of that point of view. Um. Um. Yeah, but the but the extras of like going there's like one that's just like about Betty Davis's career, one that's just about Joan Crawford, one that's like a making of. Oh, nice. Um, and then of course you you know you the trailers, including some weird dance mix of this. <laughs> oh yeah. There, so that song that was released, whatever happened to Baby Jane? Yes. Um, the one that you hear is like the teenager pop song in this movie. You just hear the tune yeah, of it's it. Super weird. Yeah, and then the fact that Betty Davis went on talk shows as promo, singing it yeah. in the sixties. And that's the, so the video of her on YouTube, she looks so just like does not give a fuck. Nope. Like nope. I, I, I saw it in feud. I was like, and it was funny because I was like, okay, like. Watching Susan Sarandon do that scene, you're just like, oh, that's really funny. Like, and I was like, wow, this song is terrible. And then like watching Betty Davis actually do it, you're like, nope, yep. Susan Sarandon yep. captured the perfect amount of captured no perfect... fucks to give. Yep, yep. But there's this weird remix of it on yes. the 50th anniversary Blu-ray that when I first saw it, I had tears rolling down my face. I was laughing so hard. I just, I was like, that's perfect because it's perfectly kind of playing up and making fun of some of the camp, mm-hmm. but it's totally like homage and yep. appreciation at the same time. Oh, so, yeah. 
that was that yeah. was a fun thing to watch at work the other day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. So good. Yes. Uh, okay. So I think that's everything for now. I don't know if we can... I'm sure we could probably continue to keep talking about this fucking movie forever, but... Um, but it, it, you know, at this point, a little bit of beating a dead horse yeah, to death. It's like... Because we know, can gush and gush about yeah. it, but... Um, you just really need to watch it if you've never seen just it. Just watch it, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> if you've never seen it, go watch it. If you've seen it, watch it again. Again. It's, it, it's <laughs> exactly. good. It, it, it yeah. holds up so well. It does. It does. Because I think I first saw it when... I was maybe like nine or 10. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it, yeah, it's super, it's super good. I actually, um, I, I sent the trailer to a bunch of my coworkers one day and a couple mm-hmm. of them were like, Oh, this looks really good. I was like, right. Fucking watch it. It's really good. Um, so I'll see if they're actually going to watch it or not. They probably won't cause they're assholes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So that's it for whatever happened to baby Jane. We'll be right back to close out the show. to daddy his address is heaven above that's wonderful I've written a letter to daddy his address is Instead of a stamp, I put kisses. The postman says that's best to do. I've written a letter to Daddy saying I love you. So thank you guys for joining us for VD Clinic episode two. This was a lot of fun. Um, next episode, we will be doing the Satanic Panic. Uh, 
I, I don't want to call it, I guess the novel, but uh, uh, biography in air quotes. Yeah, mem- memoir, memoir in quotes. Right. Um, Book. Michelle Remembers. We'll be reading Michelle Remembers. And uh, as of right now, we're going to be doing West of Memphis as the movie. However. The documentary. Yes. It's, it's, I feel like that's going to be an episode where we're not laughing a lot. Yeah. But... <laughs> um, so unless, <laughs> <That's okay. laughs> unless somebody can come up with a better Satanic Panic movie for us to cover, um, next episode is going to be kind of depressing. So if you can come up with something good to help kind of, because I think, I, I feel like Michelle remembers there'll be, there'll be comedy to mine from that. And that's why I, we kind I just, of. I just read 50 pages of it oh. last night. There's comedy. Okay, good. But still, it is a little depressing. Right. And so it's like, I, I feel like if we, if we, hopefully we can find another, another Satanic Panic movie to lighten, help to lighten the mood a bit. Yeah, because. West of Memphis is going to be sad. And I've actually done a lot of political activism with the West Memphis 3 case. Right. So, <laughs> I and I will try to refrain from bringing too much of that into it, but <laughs> they, when I start spouting facts and shit, it's right. going to be. It's going to be, yeah. yeah. Bring the room down, but <laughs> um, don't worry for episode four. We have something more comedic and I think in uh, in mind. Yes. That's still a little to be determined. Yes, but we've got a couple of ideas. Yeah. So We like to change things up. That's yeah. the point of it. Yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, you know, because it's, uh, we have a, you know, the basic idea of what this thing is, but, you know, it's kind of letting it, it grow and evolve as it, as it will. And if you, anybody has suggestions for books or movies you'd like us to cover, you can suggest those at VD Clinic Pod. Is it VD Clinic? Yeah, at VD Clinic Pod on Twitter. And then, I th- is it VD Clinic Pod? At gmail.com. At gmail.com, thank you. Because <laughs> I couldn't email. remember if it was podcast or pod. <laughs> no, it's a pod. Okay. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, yeah, you can reach us there. Um, send us a, a message. Let us know what you think. Um what we should do if you like i said if there's a book or a movie you'd like us to cover uh good or bad uh please let us know if you have a satanic panic movie that's better than west of memphis that's not going to make us depressed uh I suggest that at least not as depressed yeah not as depressed <clears throat> yeah. uh yeah i think that's it also i, I want to say thank you to duncan for making our uh doing the voiceover for quarantine theater <laughs> Which will be a thing that'll happen periodically. Periodically, depending yeah. on the uh, the material we have to work with. And how could you resist with whatever happened to Baby Jane? Oh, I know, I know. That was like we when we were talking about like what we were going to do because initially we were we had initially talked about doing that um, for Showgirls, but with three three people on the call, it was not going to work out so well. Um, so when we were deciding to do it for this one, it was like, okay, so what scene are we going to do? And like we were kind of batting it around for a bit, and then I think I think you were just like, oh, let's just do the well, you're in you know chair, Blanche. Like, all right, fuck it, let's do that scene. And Which is apparently <clears throat> one of the most, um, I think, been photoed one of the most iconic camp lines yeah. of any of any movie. Yep. Yeah, I think it's in the top ten. Oh, definitely. I, I oh god, I was laughing so hard. <laughs> I know there's so many, but yeah, that one. Yeah, that, that was one. really good. So yep. um, yeah. So I still like listen. I've been doing podcasting for five years. I don't know how to end a fucking show. We pointed this out in the last episode of Devour. I don't know how to fucking end a show. So Vanessa, you end the show. 
Okay. Thank you for joining us and um, hope to see you, hear you again. Okay. Goodbye. Say goodbye, David. Bye, David. Not bad. Okay. (laughs) 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 But yeah, in that chair. Yeah. I I know. I don't know why it went Boston. (laughs) No, it totally works.